Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today, I'm super excited. We got a long list of topics, and I love when my guests do a bit of uh, homework, let's say. (laughs) I like being in the teacher role. I like role play, guys. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's bring my guest on in everybody full service sex worker of nine years welcome to the mic serena del rey hi serena hi i'm so happy to be on this podcast i've been a long time listener (laughs) oh i love that that's so awesome thank you for listening yeah this is um yeah, I mean, I listen to your podcast, but uh, this is super out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm, de- I'm definitely one of those people that can just, you know, go fuck a stranger like, <laughs> for the job. But answering the phone is a no-go for me. Most of the time. <laughs> oh, God, I feel that. I yeah. feel that so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like that is one of the topics you gave me how being introverted um what okay let's uh maybe let's uh before we get into that because I love that topic and I feel like we both have a lot to say about it before we get into that let's just talk about um since we introduced you as a full service sex worker of nine years which congratulations that's amazing um so should I maybe I'll I'll talk about um how I started escorting I would love that. Yeah, because nine years is like, awesome. Uh, And as you and I both know, this industry can kind of sometimes be a revolving door industry, right? Because it's tough. It is. It's hard work. It's work and it's hard work. So it's like, that's, uh, that deserves a huge fucking congratulations a huge high five and like to actually have longevity in this industry you have to be so intentional about this work right um because a lot of people will do it for a year a couple years and then bail that's super common let's start way way back way back nine years ago (laughs) (laughs) so uh, i would have been uh 21 and i was in university Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was studying psychology, sociology, you know, humanities, sexual diversity studies. Mm-hmm. And my end goal with that was to be like a sex and relationship sort of therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a bunch of student loans and like all these debts, like from being a student, going to school. Um, and I didn't like come from a well-to-do family. So I was just, you know, working at restaurants and bars to make money, you know, as many yep. sex workers do before they start any sort of sex work. Um, it didn't, you know, bring me much like happiness. And it was like hard work and like not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was uh, like sort of consuming a lot of media like that portrayed sex work in you know, various ways. Uh, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with the movies Moulin Rouge and oh, Memoirs yes. of a Geisha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good, so good. And then uh, Secret Diary of a Call Girl and The Client List were shows that I were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, I knew that they would be kind of glamorized sort of versions of sex work, but uh, it seemed like something that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I looked into ways that I could uh, get into sex work in a city like Toronto, um, and escorting seemed to be the best option for me. Um, I'd always been a sexual person. Mm-hmm. Um, like for context, like I was one of those people that one of those kids that <laughs> would like <laughs> would like literally like hump the like side of my couch, like you know the armrest. <laughs> like, I know, I know of... those kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> Every know, one of my <laughs> friends was that kid. <laughs> I know. I know so How many people are yeah. the same, but it's fine. It's fine. 
fine. I knew it felt good, and that's what made me feel good. So I did it. I didn't know what it was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, um, so you know, I've always been sexual since a young age, and and I mean, um, you mentioned but- having a passion, um, like like you were you were going to school with something that. Um, you know, was like sex work adjacent. It was like sexuality work. So that's interesting. That was like my entry point as well. I was doing like a lot of sex work adjacent jobs before I kind of made the leap into like doing actual sex work. Um, Yeah. 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 That's, that's a very similar story. Yeah. Like I, I considered um, like stripping and escorting and stuff and, I thought that um, the best thing for me would be uh, like being a an escort because there was a sense of like privacy and anonymity about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the only people who would see you is the people that would book you. You know, like um, yep. like anybody can go into a strip club, but you know, I was still under that impression that like, oh, maybe I'd have this job one day that like sex work my past would be like frowned upon me you know yeah a hundred percent especially if you're in university like becoming you know you know taking kind of an academic route then that's a real fear right so that makes sense that what you would uh, choose one kind of path over the other for me i was like so funny that i had a really good friend who was a phone sex operator was a pso for like um, oh, so cool. a long time for like 15 years and she absolutely loved it so that was my first option of like doing that and yeah um, yeah and like choosing that's the totally different <laughs> I know very very different yeah and like the other yeah and the other one that made sense was like kind of non-sexual domination for me um, mm-hmm. which, which we know that it's not exactly non-sexual, is it? But like, you know, publicly yeah. <laughs> facing it's like non-sexual domination, yes. but yeah. So those were my options. So that's cool. I like to hear about like other people's options when they were kind of deciding and what oh, made them sure. want to go either way. So that's cool. Yeah. So, so escorting you thought would be kind of more discreet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I just was looking into an agency um, you know, different agencies. I saw one that was like female run. It looked kind of, you know, like outwardly sort of, you know, quote unquote, like classy, like seemed to have a good reputation. Um, I just kind of chose that and I went for an interview and, uh, you know, I was like hired and I kind of chose some like redhead names that would work because yes. that's kind of the first order of operation. Yeah. Um, so I went with like Ariel, um, you know, the owner was like Ariel because it's like the little mermaid. <laughs> yeah. That's so kind of always been a bit of a, a bit of a joke. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Um, it's good. to. Yeah. I mean, that's branding. That's something that you learn along the way, right? It's like choose a name that fits your aesthetic, that fits your vibe, like stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah, redhead Ariel. There we go. Easy. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, and I was, you know, I was twenty-one. I was still young, so you're like cute. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, I don't know. I just felt like when I went for my first appointment, it's just something that you know brought me so much like excitement and satisfaction and I felt very powerful like naughty sexy and like it was a time where I could like have control over my like financial life doing something that I actually enjoyed as well yeah that's a huge part of the powerfulness of it right it's like it can be about a lot about a lot of things for all sorts of different people but for me yeah it was like this thing of like really embracing your sexuality and leaning into it um and kind of living yeah this kind of alternative lifestyle there was all like you know you felt like a badass a bit but the other side of the coin yeah was like the final financial independence part of it and how that feels powerful too it was like a bunch of different reasons why you uh why you felt like wow i feel empowered 
Oh, absolutely. And like, yeah. especially, you know, being a, being a more quiet girl and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a naughty thing for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's another layer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had a really great time working at the agency. Like, there were really amazing women and co-workers there like we had phone ladies and like drivers that would take us to our appointments and like such a like a real diverse uh diverse group of clients you know that I experienced like when I started there and for the first few years I was there for about five years okay uh but I would um I would see like four clients a night, like when I worked there with like 30 minutes in between clients and like, I could definitely not do that now. I was going to say, I'm like, that's a young person. That is a young person. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I could never, I don't know her, but yeah. yeah. I know, like very young, vivacious, full of energy. <laughs> did you tailor that back? Like how, how soon did you tailor that back a bit? <laughs> I did that for a few years, actually. I think it was only in my, like, last year there that I said, like, oh, like, I don't want to see more than, like, three clients a night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was, it was really a different, different point in my escorting career. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that. When I think about the work I did, yeah, in my 20s, early 20s, I was like, like, not even sex work, any type of work. I was like, how did I ever? Anyways. (laughs) I know it's just it requires a whole different level of energy. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, it got to the point like after that five years where I was like, you know, like even my body was sort of changing, and I was getting like that sort of you know my more womanly curves and mm-hmm. uh, like I was I was like slim like most of my life like up until. Uh, you know, like 24 or so, I like started getting those curves and uh, I felt like I was the, like I was definitely like the largest girl on the website at that point, even though I'm like even curvier now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I just didn't feel like I really like belonged there anymore, I guess you could say. Hmm. With school and I kind of had more time to you know, do things on my own. And like, I wanted to kind of go independent. And that time I was uh, also dating another uh, escort who had worked at the agency with me uh, that uh, had also like gone independent. Um, So she really like helped me along with that transition um, to like independent escorting. I think that's Um, key to have some sort of person that has done it that can kind of hold your hand a bit and show you the ropes. Cause that's, I think that's common that a lot of people start at an agency because there's so much built in stuff already. Right. You can kind of just mm-hmm. show up and do your thing and like all the admin, all of the everything else. Cause as we know, like 90% of sex work is the admin <laughs> is oh, organizing absolutely. is all everything. Right. <laughs> so it's like the agency kind of, provides all that for you so yeah it's like once you go independent that is a massive shift did you feel um like there was a big learning curve there oh absolutely like uh I kind of kept seeing uh you know my regulars and I met a bunch of like new clients like from the way maybe that I was marketing myself like I was able to present myself the way I wanted to um, which was, it what? was just um, I mean just like my own size like my own you know persona I mean I'm not super active on social media so mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of like hard to tell like what my personality is like or how uh, like I'll be perceived by a person um, it's something I'm working on for sure yeah yeah um, but yeah just I was able to do things on my own and choose clients and, you know, be pickier about it and not feel uh, sort of like I had to work more than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. So it was was definitely a nice, uh, nice change. Uh, so I uh, chose the name Serena 
because it uh, always seemed sort of mysterious, playful to me. I really liked the name. Uh, and uh, Del Rey, um, because uh, like Lana Del Rey, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when I was, when I started escorting, it was uh, like, I get, I got told on a daily that I looked like her, like at that time, nice. you know, like not, not so much anymore, but, uh, you know, like a 2013 Lana was very much what I looked like. Um, I don't Love know. That. Just kind and of, that's another branding just... thing, right? It's like, yeah, choose a yeah. name of like, yeah, what's your, what's your look? What's your aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very, very close to the aesthetic, I guess. Kind of dreamy and yeah. sensual and that sort of thing. I like that. Um, it's interesting that you like. Would you call it a rebrand from going being agency going independent since you changed your name and you started to show kind of your figure and and a bunch of other things? Uh, I guess I guess so. I mean, I hadn't shown my face yet, um, okay. which was still which is still something that I hadn't wanted to do yet. Um, but eventually, um, just in the past year, I started showing my face. So I don't know, maybe that shows people more about me or gives them a better idea of who they're going to see yeah. uh, physically, That's, I guess. Yeah, I'm wondering, because um, uh, for obvious reasons, there are a lot of people that don't show their face that are not front-facing sex workers. And I'm always interested yeah. to hear of like, uh, for the folks that do then choose to be front facing, if you notice a difference, like, um, because there are very successful, um, like sex workers out there who don't show their face. Right. Oh, um, absolutely. And like, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I'm just always interested to hear if there is a change in like how many requests you get, or I don't know the types of people that approach you. Did you notice a difference at all? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. I think I've, I've had more like inquiries than I've like ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, those don't always turn into bookings, of course, because there's <laughs> yeah, you a lot of that. time wasters. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, time wasting people, but uh, I don't know, I guess it's sort of helped me. I mean, you can kind of tell something about people from their face sometimes i don't know if that's helped or but overall yeah i think uh just being a little more open and being able to be more myself and express the interests that i have you know like outside of gfe has been helpful and you know attracting clients that are also into that sort of thing Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What can um, you describe as, that a little bit for me? What you mean by that? Yeah, um, like I'm, I'm definitely like a like a fetish, like kink friendly, uh, mm-hmm. like GFE. Um, so you know, if a client has a certain uh, like fetish, uh, say they like latex or they're into pegging or they want uh, like a golden shower or like they like electro play, you know, very uh, like sensual, uh, like still like, 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 of course, all like BDSM too is all like sex adjacent. Um, yeah. And there's a but, range like, of being... how soft or intense things can be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like having this kind of, I love that people um, do like full service I love that there are full service kink providers out there that kind of do a blend of like GFE domination, basically. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I love that that exists because let's be honest, even for myself as a pro dom who markets um, like, uh, like I'm fun and, you know, um, uh, like playful was the word I'm searching for. Mm-hmm. Wow, I really have not yeah, spoken you... yet. <laughs> I really rolled out of bed yeah, and yeah. got on this mic. Uh, the word is playful. Um, uh, but even then, people are still intimidated to book me. You know what I mean? Because they see me in a dungeon mm-hmm. and they see all the stuff and they have this preconceived notion of what a dominatrix is and they're like, ah, I'm afraid, you know? So I love yeah. that um, folks like you 
do kind of a blend because it's um i feel like that makes kink uh, like pro kink a lot more accessible for people i think mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i think you you are like super playful and you're not intimidating <laughs> i mean thank you i mean you know you're just like a lovely human and oh. i don't understand why somebody would be scared to book you <laughs> i mean there is that dom appeal yeah you know how people have that like preconceived thing in their head like no matter what my pictures are saying or my feet are saying or even if listening to my podcast like people still just have this idea of what a dominatrix is and that means pain or that means mean or like whatever it is you know yeah 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 and like i'm also like very into uh like couple bookings and uh duos yeah um, yeah that's those are probably some of my favorite bookings is like couples bookings and definitely the like more fetish kind of side of gfe yeah, um yeah. it's definitely it's definitely different from uh oh yes it's said uh, it's definitely different from you know uh doing like the work you do as a dom Sure, um, yeah. I also like I also uh, started Dom work just you know very recently so mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm new to that but it's always another side of me that has been there it's just you know took me a while to get there and feel confident in that yeah and also that's an intentional choice like people you know you can be a huge kinkster in your personal life and choose to not provide that professionally. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it could also be just that I didn't want to, it's as easy as that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you have, do you have like, cause some people kind of just blend their like persona, I guess, you know, when let's say they wanted to be a pro dom, maybe they would just, mm-hmm under their current full service name, just start offering that, you know, but some people choose to make a whole other kind of persona and um, do that. So which did you kind of decide to do? Uh, well, I, I'm definitely like a, like a kink fetish friendly escort, but yeah. um, it's, it's different um, from uh, like doming for me. Like I've created a full different persona. I mean, of course, I'm always going to be my core person that I am, but uh, you know, the experience uh, with Serena versus um, I've called myself Mr. Sandra is going to be, you know, very different. Like, yeah, uh, yeah like I feel, um, you know, BDSM, uh, you know, involves like, you know, discipline, like bondage, like, you know, pain, uh, you know, dominant submission. Mm. Uh, whereas uh, with just like fetish that I do uh, in escort sessions is, you know, it doesn't have that very distinct, uh, like, power dynamic. It's just yeah. sort of us exploring something together that we are into or want to try out. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, one of my one of my favorite clients that's into, you know, fetish, um, he's really into, uh, like, me dressing up in latex and, uh, like, electrostimulation. He's got this, like... He's got this uh, like electric box. I, f- I forget what it's called right now, but it's like one of those really like, like really trip- like tripper? intense. Um, no, I, I know what you're talking about with the tripper, but it's like it, it connects to different uh, like electrodes and you can use the little pads. And oh, like a TENS can... unit maybe. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Um, I wish I knew what it was called, but there are um, so many you know, different intense. fucking electro <laughs> things. There's so many, so much equipment out there. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Who knows what know. half of it is called? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so my my client, um, he's like into some urethral sounding, and it's something nice. that I had never done before. And uh, he just kind of, you know, walked me through how to do it. And it's something I've been doing, like, you know, with him every time that I see him. And it's, like, honestly been, like, you know, like like a sex work, like, escort client, like, taught me how to do something that 
is so beneficial for me to use like in my like dom work you know I love that yeah I I think that that happens more often than people might realize like um that a client you know a client might teach a pro about a new something um but also just that idea of like a submissive could teach a dominant a new something it's like well the stereotype Absolutely. is the dom comes in and knows everything and you obey them and you know but the reality yeah. is like well obviously a submissive could be way more experienced than a dom like obviously like yeah <laughs> sure. like every dom is not experienced more experienced than every sub that exists on the planet like it's just so... yeah <laughs> so that actually yeah that happens super often where like for me also like where a client will come in who is like a real specialist fetishist like in one very specific thing that I only have like a passing knowledge of and Mm -hmm. playing with them yeah like they'll bring a hockey bag full of stuff like (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like what the hell is half this and they're like oh this is how you use this this is how you use this and you know it's it's uh yeah it's it's really cool when that happens it's awesome yeah it's so like humbling you're like you know it's you're always learning new things yes Yes. even as a professional you can always always learn I think that's something to that's a really important thing to know as like a provider you know what I mean it's like that that you don't ever you don't know everything and you couldn't you couldn't possibly ever know everything it doesn't mean you know that you suck (laughs) it just means that like sex and kink are so broad and so subjective from person to person it's like you can't help but learn every every day basically every every with every person that you come across for sure and yeah just different people and situations that you encounter I mean you never really know unless I mean especially with uh like GFE like escorting it's uh you know, you don't have so much like negotiation like prior to because mm-hmm. there's not, you know, not as many concepts that you're going after in a session. So yeah. you never know sometimes what you're getting yourself into if people aren't specific about what it is they're looking for. Yeah. And I think often like the stuff you learn from kink and doing pro kink also is like, you can use that in other places in your life. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should, like, talk to the person to talk about yeah. what we want to do when we fuck. Oh, like, for sure. Maybe I should. For sure. <laughs> Other than just, like, getting in there and seeing what happens. Maybe it's a better yeah. idea. Just have a little chat first, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the things we learn. <laughs> Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And they have sexy themed events running all the time. Here's just a few as I'm scrolling through their Instagram, which is located at Club M4 Events. We have threesome Fridays. We have a sexy plus size play party. A night revolving around mini skirts. Ooh, and a Buy Pleasure Wednesday night dedicated to all things oral. Well, if that doesn't get you excited enough, you can head on over to their website at clubm4.com to investigate even further. The club is located at 1989A Dundas Street East in Mississauga. You can come by and see what a club made for swingers by swingers is all about. But I would love to come back um, to this topic of being introverted. We it brought up, uh, yeah. it came up a couple times now. Um, I'm curious how like you experienced that. You mentioned like early on, it was like it felt like you were this kind of quiet person, 
um, and doing this kind of wild thing, you know, moonlighting kind of doing this wild kind yeah. of career, you know, and, and how that felt kind of how mm-hmm. that how that felt for you. So I'm interesting, like how that fits in with you now being introverted and how you yeah, kind of navigate I mean- that. Yeah, I mean, I've always been, you know, that way. It's just, uh, it took me a while to kind of accept that that's, you know, how I am. Like, you're always trying to kind of, um, you know, be more extroverted and more outgoing. And, Mm. you know, certain situations, you, you know, you have to be that way or somebody, you know, you talk to somebody more extroverted and they kind of bring that out of you. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, you're just like super um like sensitive to like people's energies and you get good at like matching those energies um because i guess you're kind of intuitive like that um but i've always kind of valued really um like relationships of an intimate nature and i've always been really good at um like listening to people and hearing them out um so are, you know even amazing qualities like for a provider like all that is so necessary i think yeah like um you know i'm not one to like i mean except you know on this podcast i'm talking about myself but it's not something that i <laughs> do regularly that I, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't host your own podcast serena no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's just um yeah I'm better at listening for sure yeah yeah. (laughs) normally um and like relating to people on you know an emotional and sexual level and you know having very you know intimate human connections um like particularly in this way that you know you can with a client um we're like honest you know about why we're here like I'm getting paid to have these relations with you and mm-hmm. you're paying to experience some sort of intimacy mm-hmm. but it's such a special thing like when we can actually enjoy each other and like experience these moments um in the present and in reality and yeah. like look at this as a date and you know just have a great time together <laughs> It's just really something special. Yeah. When you actually like energetically really connect with somebody and you're like, oh, okay, we, we're good. We're good together. Like we're. (laughs) Yeah. Like a lot of the time you forget that you're getting paid, you know, when you're having such a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think that's so, there's a lot that's interesting about what you said that I really, um, relate to this thing of like, mm -hmm. you know, um, some people like to talk right like sometimes you get a talky client and then you can just be in that comfortable role of listening and empathizing and so that that dynamic works really well because the top the client can just kind of talk 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 you know be really chatty and you're just like yes uh uh-huh I love this I don't have to talk it's perfect (laughs) yeah and then also like the other thing of like you know, you are comfortable, like, communicating in, like, this other context of, like, using body communication and, like, like being mm-hmm. vulnerable and, um, like, you know, um, and how that is so much more comfortable maybe than, like, trying to talk about yourself on a podcast. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's this thing of, like, it's so funny. For me, I feel like social dates are so much more work than full service dates, for me because I'm an introvert yeah absolutely yes and like no question no fucking question right so I'll often be like okay cool like (laughs) a social date like but let's go watch a show or something like so we so I don't have to just (laughs) talk 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 for hours because I I, I bet people would be surprised because I do have a podcast. I am an introvert that has a podcast. But honestly, when I'm with people, I don't like being the dominant voice in the room. I do like to listen and kind of hang back mm-hmm. and absorb and kind of experience in different ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like to enjoy other people talking and having a good yeah. time. And that that's relaxing to me to be in that headspace. So like one thing I love is doing like a social date that's a duo 
and my duo partner mm. is a talker. I love that. I'm like, yes, yeah. get it. Like, <laughs> please do all the talking for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any duo that I've had, you know, the other girl is more uh, more outgoing than me, for oh sure. Oh my God, same. Um, and I'm... <laughs> Uh, and I'm always the one like trying to get to like the fucking board <laughs> yeah I know because that's the easiest part that's the better part for you yeah, it, yeah. okay I have something funny I have a little funny thing to say so at Ritual yeah. Chamber you're probably aware that we host a munch monthly mm-hmm. um, yeah. and a munch for people who don't know it's just like a social event for kinksters right so it's not like a play party mm-hmm. it's nothing explicit happening it's just kinksters in a room having drinks eating food and chatting to each other you know what I mean it's a community event you know um and honestly so the ritual chamber dominance right (laughs) we all are like it's so funny because we're all dominance pro-dominance but we're all like ah it's so hard for us like we enjoy ourselves (laughs) don't get us wrong but like to go out and start chatting to like all the people like we're Mm -hmm. all so nervous to do that we're all just like ah how do I I don't want to uh like it's it's so funny to see a room full of pro doms just absolutely (laughs) not feel comfortable like just going up and chatting to people in a social context like I know none of us not one of us want like likes doing that like it's hard for every one of us so that's so funny (laughs) I know because it's not a situation where you're in control and it's a, it's a different dynamic. <laughs> yeah, and then like so our solution for that was like great if any maybe we can approach people like in teams of two, you know what I mean? So we can kind of <laughs> help each other out cuz not a one of us wants to go and talk to anyone. So I'm like, uh, but if I grab Chloe, maybe the two of us that'll feel a little less pressure <laughs> talking to someone. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I bet more sex workers are introverts than people realize. I mean, probably. I mean, I think it's just, you know, you don't want to be perceived that way. It's like, you know, being an introvert, you still like, uh, you still love like human connection and Mm -hmm. chatting and, you know, getting to know people in like an intimate way. But it's just after the fact, you need time to be by yourself and recoup your social battery. Yeah, way more recharge time is necessary. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and it, you know, it has nothing to do with the people that you're, you're hanging out with, like, you love to experience that, but afterwards you need, you know, your alone time, and I really, I really appreciate that time, you know, me time. Yeah, oh my god, yes, I have to plan so much, so much downtime. I have like, absolutely, and it's so funny, in the new year, I have like two days in a row where I have two like four hour long full service things back oh, to back yeah. to days, like two different scenarios. One is a play party um, and then one is a social date slash hotel date. But like those two days for me in January, I'm already like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the fact I have to do that two days in a row, I'm already just like, it's in my brain, it's there. And I'm just like, I just gotta do it. I just gotta do it. I just gotta. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's you, just, you it's will... a lot. It's too much. It's a lot. <laughs> you will have such a great time. I will. Life. No, and that's the thing, right? Like, I do and I will. But, like, just the thought of having those two long social things that I have to do and pretend to be an extrovert for, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> How am I going to yeah. survive? <laughs> <laughs> like, when you're there, you'll be fine. But totally, you totally. Work up to it. Yeah. <laughs> Always a struggle. Um, so maybe we can, because um, we have this fantastic list of, uh, of topics here, let's move on, perhaps, to talking about, okay, so you, we talked a bit about branding, um, and mm-hmm. like how you're moving forward from like, you kind of did a little bit rebrand in there. Um, and then now, um, this thing of like being 30 now, uh, being plus size, but maybe not perceived as BBW, all of this stuff, like, and also the interests, many interests that you have and kind of the difficulty you have 
um, maybe pinpointing like a persona or a brand. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm like, I'm a tall, like larger framed lady, you know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> five, 10, like on a good day, you know, oh, hell yeah. uh, without heels. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curvy, like I wear like a, like a 14, 16 pant, I'm like an, like a 1x, like if you want to mm. say it, like generally. Um, but I feel I think when people like look at my photos, uh, because I'm so tall and like my height like elongates my body, I maybe look like slimmer than I actually am. Right, because it's um, like the proportionality of it is like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like I'd I'd say my body is like pretty proportionate. Like I've got pretty like long like limbs, and you know I've got like tits and ass and hips. And, <laughs> got a little tip. You know, got a little yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you know like a waist, and but like I'm, you know, I don't think you would know like how like large I am until you put me beside you know like a, a like a smaller yeah <laughs> a smaller person yeah um so I like to put you beside like a quarter beside, <laughs> beside yeah. a coke can for reference yeah, <laughs> yeah I like to uh like include my uh you know, make it known that I'm not a small lady. Mm. Um, so how do you, you know, do that um, with your marketing? Like, what what are some things you might do um, to communicate that to potential clients or clients? I mean, I remember, like, when I was, um, like, at an agency, like, you know, it would always be, I would always be, like, I was also, like, slimmer back then, but, uh, you know, they'd always, like, right your age is like younger and like your measurements is smaller but i'm just uh like honest about that yeah. <laughs> um you know like i've i don't know i want people to know like those kind of measurements because i don't want them to be surprised when i come in you know has that ever um, happened like um when i was uh when i was younger yeah and like worked at the agency like there were a few times where people were you know surprised at my my body i guess yeah. uh, because you're also like photographed in you know different angles that make you like look slimmer so i've like tried to kind of uh photograph like whenever i do a photo shoot which is not often but um i try to you know get the different angles and like to actually show like how like you know quote like thick i am yeah curvy um, stick that ass out yeah. so they can get a yeah it, it is yeah, funny like... because i mean i get the same i've had i've heard all sorts of things i thought you were taller mm -hmm. um you you look slimmer in person which i was like what okay um you look prettier in person i was like why are you slamming mm -hmm. my photos right now um I know. <laughs> like jesus christ <laughs> like i've heard yeah or or you're much kind you you're much warmer in person like i've heard i've heard a lot of things where people when they meet me they're like oh that's not quite what i expected you know what i mean yeah i mean you know a photograph only captures so much yeah um and like about the age like i i don't want to like lie about my age to seem like more desirable for being younger i mean i'm still quite like young looking like people don't think i'm 30 years old you know mm -hmm. um also like i don't i don't think i like have the I don't know, like what you would typically think like a 30 year old is like, like, you know, in maturity and life stages. And, you know, like I'm, I'm You're young I'm at a, heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically what I'm trying to say. And, and face. <laughs> yeah. Like my mom, she is like 60 and she looks like she's at least like 15 years younger, you know? So you got the good genes. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, got lucky with that. Um, I'm the same way with the age thing, actually, because yeah. I, I've always, my whole life, looked younger than 
I am. Like, I'm 40 next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would never guess. You know? So, like, and that's something that actually plagued me as a young woman, because people would, like, infantilize me. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd hate that. Yeah. Like, people always yeah. were like, can I talk to your manager? And I'd be like, you're fucking talking to her. Like, you know what I mean? It would <laughs> literally piss me off so much. No one would take you seriously. But I gotta yeah. say, it really is coming in handy now, isn't it? Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> And, you know, like, you see so many, like, so many really fine, like, young, like, older escorts that are having such, like, fruitful careers. Yeah, I truly think you cannot age out of this business. What do you think about that? Oh, I think so. Like, I'd like to do this as long as I'm, you know, happy doing it. Um, I could see myself doing this for, you know, very very long time still yeah um I kind of gave myself um you know a little reality check a little change of uh like outlook on this um like I've always had a like a civvy job like to go with this Mm -hmm. and I've always you know any friends that I've told that you know I'm an escort uh they you know they've known for a long time since i started and you know they'll ask me like oh like you know how are how's work going so i'm like oh yeah you know i'm i'm doing this job like my civvy job and then i'll be like oh and i'm still doing like other work you know it's it's always been like other work like you know just like a supplemental thing but Mm -hmm. it's really the work that you know i make the most income from so you know, why am I not taking this more seriously? I mean, I think it's, you know, has to do with the way, you know, society makes us think that, you know, this isn't appropriate and, you know, this isn't like a real job. And um, so I finally kind of changed my outlook on it. And I'm, you know, looking at this now as my like primary job you know and I'm like taking it you know more seriously and you know I want to invest you know more of my time and like efforts into it because it's it's always for me just been kind of like a you know like a secondary thing I do that's like gonna give me a little bit more money but it's literally what's you know helped me out like so extensively like living in Toronto you know Like, I don't know how I could be, like, how I could not do escorting and live in Toronto, you know? Honestly, you have to have, like, 10 jobs to live in Toronto. It's... Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting thing. It's, like, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why people might have a civvy job alongside sex work, like, because it can be inconsistent and, like... Who knows? Who knows? Lots of reasons, or or for taxes reasons, maybe they don't want to declare as a sex worker, so they want to have another job or to have on paper. Yeah. There are reasons, but like, no, I think I think that's a massive reason that is always just kind of in the back of our heads, right? Of like, yeah, exactly that thing you said of like it not constantly being told that this is not a valid way to make a living, a valid career mm-hmm. choice. That's a huge, the stigma part of it is huge in deciding, you know, whether to go all in like, like you have. Yeah. I mean, you know, like having a civvy job is definitely, um, you know, it's like a nice like security net because, you know, like, even though you're getting paid, like, you know, not, not nearly as much as you do get paid uh, being a sex worker, you're still, you know, working a certain number of hours a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're getting paid you're like oh like you know I'll get this amount of money like per month but like is it really enough to like thrive you know so yeah um I just decided to honestly like in the past few months I'm like I'm going to take this you know sex work more seriously because this is what I love to do like um, I feel like it's what I was like meant to do and makes me feel alive and yeah. I just can see myself doing it for a long time and I don't feel like shameful about it anymore like hence why 
I like went face out like last mm-hmm. year and and I'm not saying that people that you know aren't face out are shameful about it you know like yes, people have their course. different reasons you know people have their different reasons you know for not showing their faces like uh, but for me personally like I don't see myself working somewhere else where like somebody doesn't accept like my my present or like my past or whatever like doing sex work you know yeah like that's just not the type of industry that um i like will be involved in um i do have like other passions um like in like events industry and stuff um Mm. so you know like i i love sex work like i will do this as long as i can um and I have, like, my other passions, too, but it always comes back to this for me. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Anyone that listened to the um, Erica Bowes episode, <laughs> with the reason why she is not face out is so funny. <laughs> she's like... <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> Sorry. She's, she's so... Uh, she just delights me so much. Um, she was like, uh, I want them to be, like, I want them to think I'm pretty when they see me. I like that moment of like when they see me and they're like, oh, you're pretty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're too funny. Oh my, oh my God. gosh. Also, like photos, you can make some weird faces in them. <laughs> <laughs> but she is photogenic it's just so funny she's just like I just want them to th- think I'm pretty <laughs> I mean it's such a nice surprise oh I'm goodness. sure yeah uh... such a pleasant surprise <laughs> but like I mean that just goes to show that like literally you can blur your face for literally a thousand reasons I'm sure there are like probably oh, yeah. so many you know what I mean that people oh, don't sure. even don't even consider um which yeah but it's it's important to do like um <clears throat> we talked about like being really intentional about everything mm-hmm. and it sounds like your decision yeah to go face out and then like also to drop your civvy job you know was like a very intentional choice for you um mm-hmm. and as you can see from how long you've been um in the industry do you think those are as related as i do like longevity and intentionality to me those are like linked inexplicably i think so yeah i feel like things are just going to get better now that i'm putting more intention into it for sure yeah that's that's very important one last thing (laughs) i wanted to talk about before we uh before we go because um queerness your queerness was on this uh was on this list and I don't want to go before letting you talk about that (laughs) and how that kind of has developed alongside like your sex work career I think that's a really Mm -hmm. cool topic to end on yeah yeah for sure um so you know I started like having sex at like 15 and you know I would always like I would like sleep with men and then you know I I I knew I was queer from, like, a young age, even just, like, uh, watching, you know, TV shows. Like, I would always be, like, looking at the, you know, yeah, (laughs) I'm crushing on the girl. And um, I went to this all-girls, like, summer camp. And uh, they... they... (laughs) Sorry, that was inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're wrong. I mean, but I was... I was still very young at this point. I was like not even in high school and gotcha, gotcha. they were they were talking about um different uh you know things that you would like deal with going into into this new stage of your life like uh you know sexuality, like body image, like drugs, uh you know all sorts of things that you would encounter and there was one uh topic in this book that we were kind of following and it was like when girls like girls and I was just you know I'm just like I don't want anyone to see me like looking at this and you know I don't want to be found out here but um but yeah I I knew I was like queer from a young age I just it, it just took me a while to um explore that um my first um my first actual uh like 
sexual experience um other than like a little like high school like threesome with my best friend and her boyfriend at the time which was more like a like a sharing him kind of thing Mm -hmm. um my first uh my first like actual uh like experience with another woman was um actually like my first day of actually like escorting at 21 and you know i had a couple booking and i had a duo um yeah that was a really interesting night yeah lots of firsts yeah yeah Yeah, lots of firsts um and you know i like i was very excited about it and yeah you know i bet your little your little queer heart was probably like this is the best job in literally the world (laughs) that's your first day that's your first day you're probably like i've made the proper decision for me (laughs) this feels correct (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) This is everything I hoped it would be. This is everything I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, like, alongside sex work, like, I would still date. And, um, you know, I, I dated, like, I still dated men. Like, I dated, like, women. Um, you know, my my long-term, like, my three-year-long partner right now is, um, well, this is the person that I, like, see myself being with, you know, for... Mm-hmm you know, forever, but um, they're like a non-binary, uh, like trans mask person now. Um, and like, you know, our relationship has evolved over time and like, so have they as an individual. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, like when I talk about like queerness, um, I just like to use the term like queer to de- describe myself, uh, you know, kind of as an umbrella term, like I guess technically I'm pansexual um but you know at the time when i was coming out like bisexual was the word so i've always you know it's always felt right even though you know like my my bisexuality doesn't uh you know isn't like binary like it's not like oh i like men and women like i i'm attracted to all types of people you know Yeah. yeah um but yeah um i really like through sex work i learned a lot about my sexuality and what i like and you know having like duos and uh you know like couples clients like that was like having a couples clients like my favorite thing Mm. like just the fact that you are like letting me enter like into your space like as a couple and like you know there's something hot about being a third of course but like (laughs) but but, you know it's just like the fact that you're so open with each other to experience what you want and I love it when like the like a lot of the time you know it's uh very like very like cis like straight by kind of uh you know couple like a man woman couple that will book you for that Mm -hmm. um so you know, it's, I love it when the, uh, the, like, female, like, counterpart of the couple will, like, reach out to you and, you know, like, kind of form that relationship with you. And, like, they might also be, you know, bisexual or, like, questioning and they want to explore that with you. And it's really special, like, when they, as a couple, like, it's just, it's just so inspiring to me, you know? Yeah. It's definitely how I would want, you know how I see like my relationship going too, you know? Yeah. Just being able to explore that way. Yeah. I'm like, man, you two got it going on. Like that's what a partnership (laughs) to me, that's what a partnership like is, you know, going and seeing a provider together. Like I fucking love that for you too. Like, I know. and I just feel so so honored to be welcomed in also to your love. I know. Yeah. Like it's just, I know the honor (sighs) word. Like, yeah. 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 that's amazing like like please more couple clients more (sighs) queer clients like you know (laughs) yes 2023 what i love (laughs) manifest yes yes i've I've been i've been manifesting it yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so we are, we should wrap up. Um, This has been so lovely talking to you, but I definitely want to give you a chance to tell the people where they can find and follow you and book you. If if there are any couples listening, if there are (laughs) some queer potential kinds listening, let's uh, tell them where they could get you, get at you. Yes. Yeah, so uh, my my website uh, is dot mm-hmm. Um I'm on Twitter at Serena underscore Del underscore Ray. Okay, and uh, I mean, Instagram I don't really use, but uh, at Serena.Del.Ray. Um, I'm going to be a lot better at using my Twitter for social media interaction and Great. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that more this yeah. year. That's my little you know, resolution. resolution, if you say. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, for me, folks, you know where to get at me by now. At Twitter, I'm at the Lady Pim One. If you must go over to Instagram, though, I'm at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have a YouTube channel. It's the same thing, the Bedpost Show, and then. Um, the lovely person who does all the original music for my podcast got to shout her out. It's Stephanie Copeland and you can uh, find out more about her music and her art at stephcopelandmusic.com. Serena Delray, this has been so absolutely lovely. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me. I had such a great time with you. <laughs> me too. And I hope everyone had a great time listening. We will see you next week, everybody, with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality here on the Bedpost Podcast. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 